All right. So part one's finished. Now we're going to go ahead and get started with part two. Quick apologies. I think Sydney forgot that we were just going to go ahead and jump straight into part two. Sure did. So the whole like email us your questions, you can definitely still email us your questions. They just won't be addressed in like their own separate. They won't be addressed in this special episode. sex episode mm-hmm. or this one, like she's saying. But we can see how we can incorporate it into definitely like future episodes, even if that's just a quick read the question, give our answer. So mm-hmm. you definitely still feel free to send your questions into after 25 podcast at gmail.com. We will definitely give them a look and we will try to answer them to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, with that being said, let's jump into part two of this sex, sex and more sex conversation. So if you just listened to part one or if you hadn't, um, the last thing we discussed in part one was communicating expectations at once but really specifically focusing in on like body counts and Mm -hmm. how to communicate body counts versus if you should so coming off of that conversation if you want to hear what we say you're gonna have to go listen to part one Mm -hmm. we ain't giving out no freebies but coming off that conversation we thought we would open up um part two with dun 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 discussing the whole phase so, when we're discussing this, I think one thing I want us to keep in mind is something that I think, like, one of our friends asked, which was, is there an age limit on the whole face? Mm-hmm. In addition to, like, what is the whole face? Because, you know. I also, um, there was something on Instagram that, oh, that I actually saw today that made a point that I hadn't considered before. So, we are using the term whole face in this episode as just like a fun like phrase as a as a a a definite not definition a term to describe the um area in your life where you were most sexually explorative Mm -hmm. and not so like self-confining as far as self as far as sexual exploration Mm -hmm. that's like what i mean by your whole face um yeah yeah i think i i agree with that but there was a post that i saw on instagram today okay but i can say that we both say this as two women who see ourselves eventually ending up in monogamous relationships yeah and i can see how someone who i Using the term whole phase kind of puts monogamy as the standard where that's not what it is for all people. Mm -hmm. And so the Instagram post that I saw today was uh, stop calling having several casual sex partners sleeping around or a slut phase. Or can we stop calling having several casual sex partners sleeping around or a slut phase? It implies recklessness, disregard, and the false assumption that we all eventually subscribe to sexual and romantic monogamy. So this was posted by Jamie J. LeClaire on Instagram. And I saw this post um, because it was reposted by um, someone else that I listened to at, at the Queen Speaks underscore. And she has a podcast that I really enjoy too, with Queen and Jay. And um and uh, Miss Fixin. But so I just wanted to give the credit for where I saw this post from. I thought it was important because as someone who 
although I might have periods of non-monogamy, I know that I eventually see myself being in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I can refer to something as like a whole phase or and not have it be associated with any sort of judgment. But yeah, I just never realized that. Yeah, I, I never thought that. of it like that either until you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And even as someone that does, like, whose ultimate end goal is romantic and sexual monogamy, mm-hmm. the part in it that I still think for people that do subscribe, or not subscribe, but for people that are trying to reach that ideal of sexual and romantic monogamy, the part mm-hmm. that I think is so extremely relevant to the conversation in general was the part where it was like, it implies recklessness and disregard Mm -hmm. because I do think I absolutely 100% agree that sometimes when people throw out the word whole phase and sleeping around, they almost automatically imply not all people. Cause that's not what, this is not what I mean when I say it. I know this isn't what Sydney means when she says Mm -hmm. it, but I have noticed that when people do use like whole phase and sleeping around, they do tend to automatically imply that a person is a lot more reckless with their sexual well being and their Mm -hmm. sexual health. And I don't think that's a fair assumption to make. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said like, for me, the definition really just, and now that I think about it, it makes sense that that would be my definition because my ultimate end game is, a sexual and romantic monogamy mm-hmm. is that I use it to describe the phase that any person is within life where they are most sexually explorative and least self-limiting of that mm-hmm. sexual exploration. So whether that be like trying out different kinks, and now that I'm saying it, I can maybe as- sexually I can explorative see in a non-monogamous relationship. Because I think that. If someone could be very explorative in a monogamous relationship, but they wouldn't in in that way, like that is true. Stuff, but that they is wouldn't true. refer to that as a whole as phase. a whole phase because you only have one partner. So uh-huh. yeah, like exploring all of these different things with multiple partners mm-hmm. is definitely how I have defined a whole phase. But for us, it doesn't imply recklessness because we understand that within all of these scenarios adequate protection can be used yeah Yeah. and not even that it can be used but that it should be used should and is like (laughs) i think it is is important to acknowledge that it is used yeah and i think sometimes people are just like oh well because actually we were having this conversation um in person with a group of people and that was one of the things that came up where it was kind of like um i wouldn't look at someone like sideways if they had like essentially from what my understanding of what was being said was essentially I wouldn't look at someone sideways if they had um multiple partners within a relationship. Oh yeah. Like if they were in relationships with those people versus like if you were just out here with X amount of random partners. And for me I was kinda like, well what's the difference? Because if X is X, then it doesn't matter if you got to X through those through relationships or you got to ex with just having sex with different people. Yeah. And I also know people that enter relationships just to have sex. sex because they think the stigma there isn't the same stigma associated with the sex because they're in, in a relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. But your main reason for getting in a relationship was to have sex. So it really don't make you no different than a person that just decided to have sex mm-hmm. without, quite frankly, the emotional baggage mm-hmm. that can come with a relationship. And so um, I think that, like, the sexual protection is much more universal with, like, condoms and stuff, but mm-hmm. also, like, 
just individual emotional protections, like yeah. understanding how you individually process sex and what is best for you. And I think that a lot of people might make the assumption that, oh, a person with X amount of partners might not be treating themselves with regard because they're processing someone else's, someone else's experience based on their own personal boundaries or their own sort that's of fair. personal personal protections that mm-hmm. they set for themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily how the other person operates. But yeah. Yeah, and even then, like, just in general of the... Ooh, excuse me. Just in general of, like, addressing the whole phase mm-hmm. with those considerations. To answer one of the other questions that we got, which was kind of like, is there an age limit on it? I absolutely don't think there is an age limit on it. I think at any stage in your life, you have the right to explore yourself sexually with as many people as you would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people might enter that phase earlier mm-hmm. than others. Some might enter that phase later than others. And quite frankly, some of y'all just might, some of us just might never, quote unquote, enter this phase of just like full sexual liberation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that was a fair statement to make now that I made it out loud. Yeah, I don't just think saying that like you have full to have sexual like a liberation. Whole phase as we're yeah, defining it to be fully to, sexually full, liberated. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was about to say too. So, like, scratch that last part because I think, or you don't have to scratch it. I just think that was a moment. Of Not just everyone kind of needs a quote unquote whole phase on, to feel sexually liberated. Yeah, it's just kind of a moment of me checking myself to say, like, that wasn't necessarily a fair statement for you yeah. to make. So you don't have to scratch it. We're all human. Sometimes you got to say things out loud nice to, to like, hear that thought process. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to say it out loud to really think things out. But yeah, I, I don't think there should be an age limit on sexual exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you should tell. And I think this also goes back to the whole body count thing too of just like how you would look at a 16-year-old that's sexually exploring herself versus a 36-year-old, 56-year-old. And honestly, I'm going to throw in the geriatric population because I think there is this national assumption that when people reach a certain age, they should stop having sex. Or not should stop, but they do stop having sex. And that just ain't the case. So even how you would look at like an 86-year-old woman that is out here... um. Sexually exploring herself. I think it I think we do subscribe different ideas to those women that are at those different stages in their life and I really don't think we should. I don't think so either. And I specifically say woman women because I am a woman and so I'm trying to think of like how I would be perceived at those different stages of my life. And I also think frankly when we're talking about like um, the policing of sexuality and negative perceptions associated with whole phases or large number of partners. It's often women or like them identifying people it's who are policing that way. to them. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is definitely. And I agree with that because I think um, most people don't. I, you know what? Not that most people don't, but I do think there is. I, I think men are ex- male equivalent. I think men are expected to have a whole phase and they're expected to have one without judgment. Yeah. I was going to say I do think I don't want to call it a male equivalent, but I think there is an age in which there does seem to be like a societal shift in attitude toward men with that don't settle down. And I think it comes like around age 40. I don't know what it is, but I th- I have noticed that, like, when men turn 40, all of a sudden, like, even if 
from 16 to 39, they have demonstrated that monogamy might not be their thing. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, when they hit 40, I do think people start being like, so when are you going to settle down? Like, when are you going to find that one woman? When are you going to da 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 I don't think it happens to... That, I don't, that's why I didn't want to call it the male equivalent because I don't think it happens on like this grand scale to men. But I have noticed if there is like a time period in a man's life that would be similar to when people start kind of quote unquote, I won't even say judging, I'll say questioning mm-hmm. that phase for whatever reason, from what I have perceived, it tends to be 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would put that set age on it, but I can say, like, growing up, I've often heard that, like, you know, what well, if a man is single, at, let's say, like, he's single in his 50s and never been married, or single in his 40s and never been married, then it was, like, almost thought that it demonstrated something negative about, about that him, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost like this isn't someone that someone will want to marry or be involved with in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm. Not even for men who had been married and divorced, but oh, like yeah, for, the pe- definitely for the men who had never been, been married. married, like if yeah. you've never been married, um, then people do start. And I guess that's why I I gave it the specific number of 40 is because I do only hear, like, in their 40s and their 50s. I've mm-hmm. never heard them say, like, if you come across yeah, a man in his, heard 30s in his 30s who yeah. hasn't been married versus, like, honestly, when you start reaching the 20, when you start reaching your early 20s, and I'm just going to say your early 20s because depending on who it is that you're talking to, you could be as young as 21, 22. People do start looking at women like, so when you going to settle down and get married? Yeah. Which is really ironic when we're discussing sexual exploration because you kind of look at me crazy if I start exploring myself sexually at 16, but then at 21, expecting you're expecting it. me yeah. to have experienced all the sex that I'm going to experience yeah. outside of my marriage. Yeah. Which, that's, your window that's yeah. crazy if you think about it and I, there are some people that are, there are more people so have non-monog- there are people who have non-monogamous marriages too that is true mm-hmm. that is true and i think what i was just addressing as well more so stems from like well i won't say it more so stems it does come from a place of like this assumption that you are entering your marriage quote unquote pure which we definitely address in our sex size episode yeah. so if you haven't listened to that i would go, go give ahead, it a listen, a listen. But yeah, I think now that I'm saying, we're talking about like ages and stuff. And I'm like, that's crazy that even if you do, for those people that do kind of allow a little more free agency on sexual, sexual exploration for women, there still is this weird like association between age, Mm -hmm. sexual exploration and marriage that if you put them all together, it doesn't seem fully realistic. Like Mm -hmm. I... Don't understand how you expected me to not have started exploring pre this age. Be prepared to settle down. Like, let's say you don't expect me to have started exploring myself sexually pre 16. I feel Mm -hmm. like 16 is generally kind of the age where people are like. And I'm also going to use 16 because I know in several states, 16 is the age where you can legally consent to sex. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So in certain Ooh, states, there yikes. is, yeah, in certain states, there there is an age at which you can legally consent to sex. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's also why I'm going to throw 16 out. But I also think like 
there is kind of this idea that around 16, like, people don't fully, won't fully ostracize you if you have started exploring yourself sexually. Uh-huh. So, 16 is when you kind of, if you're giving me a little more free wiggle room, will allow me to start exploring myself sexually, right? Then you're going to start asking me in my 20s, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you um, some leeway and say you won't start pressing me until I'm 26, but I know that not to be true because I definitely have been getting this settled down husband question, I want to say since like 24. I can comfortably say since 24. So, but I'm going to give you a whole 10 years. You're you're expecting that I have identified someone I'm willing to commit myself to the rest of my life at 26. But if I have some quote unquote crazy number, and I'm not going to throw out a number for that because I think that's subjective. But if I have reached a crazy number within those 10 years, then you looking at me like, oh, so you was out here, out here. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like when I put that all together, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it don't go together. Because you want me to have enough experience. Well, I won't say everyone. Some want you to have enough experience to be able to sexually please your husband without having too much experience. And then others are just like, you shouldn't have any experience yeah, at all. Yeah, but then as we husband. said before, like uh, more experience doesn't necessarily correlate with your ability to sexually please. Oh, yeah. oh I agree. I definitely agree. I just think like, that is kind but, of a yeah it's so weird how like women oh, yeah and i'm gonna say women because this is the expectation that's put on women it's like before you're married you are not supposed to be um like you're not supposed to really embrace that sexy even in the church before you're married you're not you're supposed not to embrace, supposed that, to embrace sexy that sexy side, that sexy side but the you. moment you get married all of a sudden you, you gotta be a lady to be, in the streets freaking uh, the sheets what's her name who Super <laughs> Like I just don't get it. And then it and then it's like let's say that's why I'm saying let's say you do have those people that are like, well, I don't think you have to be pure when you enter your marriage. Like realistically, you still are only giving you're still limiting like my age or in some I I'm not gonna say everyone, because I do think we have some like really open minded people, clearly from that post that you read yeah. earlier. But just this idea that like from my, I'll say my personal experience, the general consensus based on timelines of like when I should have, if I was going to pre-marriage, should have started exploring myself sexually and should be ready to tie down. And then the expectations within that small window, like let's say I live to live 80 years. Mm-hmm. So you realistically were expecting me to have not started exploring myself. And I think if I really put expectations on it, I think a lot of the people I knew would have not wanted me to have sex before the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So let's say 18, where I am legally considered an adult. Mm-hmm. And then you're starting to ask me around age 24, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Anybody you're serious about? Are you... Because ultimately you're asking me those questions because you know my end goal is monogamy. And your end goal for me is also monogamy mm-hmm. and marriage. That's six years. Mm -hmm. That's literally a six-year time span that you would have given me to explore myself and my sexuality. But then if I have some crazy number within that six years, you're going to be like... You're going to look at me sideways. Oh, girl, what you was out here doing? Mm -hmm. That is wild when Mm -hmm. you really like think that through like that. I am flabbergasted. Yeah. I've definitely had questions about, like, if I was dating anyone 
or like serious relationships, but I've, it's never been expressed to me like, well, you know, you need to settle down. But I did see it with my cousin where um, the second she was hitting around 30, certain side comments would come out. And my parents didn't make these side comments, but mm-hmm. other people in my family did. And I told both of my parents, like, don't you ever, <laughs> ever say these things to me. And luckily, like, I'm, I've just always been a vocal person. I've always been a vocal child. That's fair. I think for me, to my mother's credit, and really, like, just thank you, mom for having this type of insight. Mm-hmm. My mother always was like, don't get married in your 20s. Mm-hmm. So she never had that expectation. Like, my mother literally has never asked me, oh, like, is there anybody serious? Are you dead? Like, never. She just lets me come to her with like, oh, like, I'm interested in this guy. Da, 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 da. And then, like, she'll give me advice based on that. But my mom is, and I think my dad hasn't been that person because my dad is just like, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, so that side of it. But, yeah, I, I remember actually having a conversation, like, after a church service. Been in school for a minute. Like, this was last year. We had been in school. And they were like, oh, have you found anybody? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. No. Because, you know, like, honestly, I ain't trying to raise nobody's son. And they were like, y'all can grow together. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm uncomfortable. But basically, they were just like, oh, but girl, like, you surrounded by what's about to be successful black men. Like, you should have your pick of the litter. And I was like, but I'm not trying to raise anybody's son. So, no. And I feel like that was really kind of the first time I was getting, like, push push and it was never explicit it wasn't explicitly like are you trying to settle down when are you going to settle down but that really was the implication of the conversation basically like you 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 out there you have you found your husband mm-hmm. I like that really was kind of the implication of the conversation it wasn't hard to pick up on and I was just kind of like no and I'm not looking for him if I'm being honest mm-hmm. like I I'm not I but I'm just care. really thinking about that time Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Do we have anything else to say about whole phases? I don't. I think we. I think we said everything we had to say mm-hmm. about the whole phase. All right. So on to the next topic, which really these the way we are having these discussions. I didn't expect this to flow so smoothly. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but we were just talking about sexual exploration. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the perfect segment is to go into our conversation on masturbation. Mm-hmm. How you feel about it? Do you recommend it? Oh, because that was another question that we did get, which was like, should every woman have a whole phase? And just to answer that really quickly, I think you should do whatever. It's up to you. Yeah, like I don't think there should be this like expectation. Expectation that every because it's ultimately about comfortability and like what you as an individual are comfortable with and Mm -hmm. that varies from person to person so just based on like I definitely will say that I think every woman should sexually explore herself it doesn't what that looks like for you does not have to be like what Sydney and I's definition of a whole face was which Mm -hmm. was more so about like doing that with multiple people Mm -hmm. for for the next woman that might just be that she found her lucky one Mm -hmm. that she was able to 
do or all even of that just, if that's what she was looking for or even just sexual for. exploration and liberation for masturbation True. because i this very is very much a thing yeah um i also just wanted to clarify like mm-hmm. i don't think that expectation of a whole phase should be put on women but i don't think the exploit expectation of a whole page oh whole phase should, should be, be put done. on anyone period yeah because as i said earlier i think that that expectation is kind of put on young men mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like it's expected like yeah they're gonna want to be having sex and da 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 and guys in their early 20s who are not sexually active are looked at a certain that way true. that is true I and i don't think, think that's women fair. get praised for it and men get side eyes like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why you ain't have sex with nobody? Mm-hmm. And really, that ain't your business. It's not. Honestly, I wonder, now that we're saying some of this stuff, I wonder if y'all would real, I wonder if people are real life out here looking people in their eyes asking these questions. Oh, yeah, they are. Y'all are crazy. Like, I've been looked in my eye and asked these questions and have had a snapback response. Because I'm just thinking, like, the majority yeah. of these questions that we got were, like, sent anonymously or, like, sent within trusted circles. Oh, you mean these questions right here? No, just in general. Like, a lot of these questions that we are asking about, like, or just saying that men in their 20s that haven't had sex get looked at a certain way versus women kind of get praised for it. And so then it made me think, like, are y'all really out here asking people, are they still virgins, that you are not trying to be sexually active with? Like, that's not your business. Because I thought about it, in order to praise or shame a man, to praise a woman and shame a man for having or not having I feel like people definitely ask at a questions age, you about... You asking questions that, about stuff that ain't your business. Yeah, but I feel like people just do that because people be nosy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a nosy person yeah. too, but I'm not walking up to people like, oh, you 24, so you had sex yet. Because that ain't my business. Yeah. So that's crazy to me. So let me also just make this, this statement. Or even... If guys are talking about sexual experiences and maybe a guy friend doesn't have as much to offer, then he's looked at differently. Differently. Yeah. Okay. So that's a fair point. Yeah. But to my point of y'all asking people questions that ain't your business, let me just make this statement. Stop asking people questions (laughs) that ain't your business. Stay on your side of the street, in your lane, and mind yours. All right. Masturbation. Do it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, like Nike says, just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> I honestly, I think it's going to be difficult for you to communicate with a partner what pleases you if you don't know what pleases yourself. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That is true. I think, yeah, I think like that's a big thing. Mm. I think... Um, it's really about figuring out for yourself what you like so that you can then clearly articulate that to your partner. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes it can be used in the sexual encounter. This is true. Very true. So that's why I'm just like, you know, do it. Mm-hmm. And do it unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. although I'm not going to lie, I do remember, and I really should go find the verse or where it exactly it says this, because I do remember once my mom telling me that it says masturbation is a sin in the Bible. And I was just like, uh, oh, well, I was one, not prepared for this conversation with you on this day, <laughs> and two, I am uncomfortable. 
Um, but if we're talking about masturbation in front of or around other people, uh, make sure that it's consensual, i.e. And I'm only going to say this to men because this is typically what has happened. Don't randomly send dick pics. That's not consensual. Don't. What future say? It's a dangerous world. <laughs> oh, my God. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Also, also, I do also want to speak in the future and just like submitting oh, unsolicited my God. dick pics and masturbation videos. It does send a message a lot of times, um, depending on the level of our relationship. Because then I am going to be like, he for the streets. <laughs> like, I'm going to think you for, I'm going to think your community dick. Because if so, you sent me okay. one unsolicitedly, yeah. that's why I said it depends so on the my level issue, of our relationship. So my issue with that is more so the consent aspect of it. Um, so... I think that it's important for us to have a conversation on, like, what do we mean by, like, community dick or, like, do people say community pussy? I ain't never heard that. I think they just say, like, in the words of future. She for the streets. She for the streets. So, like, what exactly do we mean by that? Community dick? Ain't your man, sis. Mm-hmm. He is supplying his services mm-hmm. to the community at large. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's once again not to say it in like a. Ju- I don't want it to think like I'm judging because mm-hmm. even for women that like quote unquote are whatever. I mm-hmm. don't want to say for the streets. I just I use them as just like. A clear acknowledgement of understanding that, that it that is not monogamous. And you need to understand that very upfront. Like, don't think that this man or woman all of a sudden is going to be all about you and just about you. Yeah. Unless, it, unless it has been explicitly stated. But then at that point, you can actually, you know, hold them accountable. Should that. Yeah. I think that I I have in the past used the term um, community dick, but I think I had to like check my use of that term mm-hmm. because I don't like when um, people use terms. I don't like when people use similar terms for women just because I don't like the stigma that is often attached with those terms. Mm-hmm. So I like, but I realized I was doing the same thing by like saying so, like somebody's community did. So yeah, I think I just had to stop. That's, For me, I yeah. had to stop doing that. That's but. fair. I just realized I've never used a female equivalent, but I also don't use like I don't use. I get what you're saying, and I mm-hmm. think I've just never used it in that way. I think it actually. I know I've never used it in that way. Every time I've ever used community dick, it was explicitly to state to someone like do not enter into a relationship with this man expecting monogamy Mm -hmm. when like he has demonstrated that he is community dick or community penis like Mm -hmm. that he so not a judgment association yeah literally like literally just like a fact of like this man has demonstrated that he is not trying to be tied down to any one woman in a relationship so you should not enter 
a space with him. Like, if you want to go for it, go for it. But while you're going for it, understand that this is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, that's also a fair point. I think when I started being, like, she for the streets, I ain't really like that. Yeah. Because I'm just kind of like. But then it's like, if we don't have it in one way, then we have to, like, check the use in both. But I think that more so applies to me because you weren't using it in that way, but mm-hmm. I was, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's the only that was that the only reason so why I crazy my mind that a way. lot of things that have like the female equivalent tend to have when we're discussing sexuality tend to have like a more negative connotation if we're literally saying the exact same thing. Yes, whether it be men or women, it has like completely different connotations. Trash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, back to masturbation. Do it, do it often. Mm-hmm. Um with that being said, like, you still should not be out here masturbating in public places. Yes, you should not. And I'm going to say that not only because it is a crime, but because it's creepy. Mm-hmm. And, like, it does tie into what Sydney was saying earlier about, like, consent. Just, like, that's fine if you masturbate, but I don't necessarily want to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. Especially if I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And especially even if I do know you're not on a train or like Mm -hmm. in a public space. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't take that as like a personal, ooh, I want to see if I can get away with. Like, find you a comfortable spot that's a little more private. Go to your home. For you. Well, I mean, even if you want to work it out in your car or something, you know, just just don't be sitting on like, and I'm I'm specifically using examples of public transportation because I I noticed that was like a common thing. Yeah, I can't remember what year that was, but like when people people were literally out here masturbating on like trains, yeah, buses, and it's just like I, uh, uh-uh. yeah, it's not okay. Also, because like sexual fluids carry things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oop, just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's really much more to say on masturbation. Like I think to each person really kind of like sex to each its own. Mm-hmm. And the point of it is really to figure out like what is your own mm-hmm. and what do you like versus what you don't like. And honestly, some of us be in droughts. Yeah. And just would like to experience sexual pleasure. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, yeah. You be wanting to have sex, but there's nobody you want to have sex with. Exactly. Or you just don't want, or there is And you want to have sex with someone, but you know that you cannot do it in a way that's healthy for you. Exactly. Then you just, instead of putting yourself in that situation, just like. Or you want to have sex and that person doesn't want to have sex with you. Wow. I didn't even think about that, but that's a fair point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, that's pretty much that on that with masturbation. I really yep. don't have like anything else to say about that besides do it. Just do it. In the confines. In like appropriate settings. Yeah. I'm just I'm still gonna add that caveat. Yes. <laughs> like inappropriate settings. Yes. But um the next topic I guess was how long should sex last? And we kind of alluded to this a little bit in part one, mm-hmm. but we just really wanted to kind of dedicate a space and time to fully address sex length. Mm-hmm. And what I will say 
it's similar to what you were saying in episode one well part one not episode, mm-hmm. but part one where you were like there is a period like a time period where it just becomes exhausting mm-hmm. and it's like it's not as fun anymore because i'm just i'm tired mm-hmm. i'm tired and i i just i need a break like i just can we just but I think that time frame rest. is very subjective based on, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to put a set number on how long sex should last because we in the moment, it just, I just yeah, it's really hard for me to tell. It's like the sense of time is just different. Because different. honestly, I think sometimes you'd be like, ooh, yeah, this was 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Man, clock, seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I think That's it's, so true. I'm just saying, like, I think it's what's most important is that you had a good time. Yeah. Honestly, like that you had a good time and that you enjoyed yourself. And, but with that, why I'm saying that, I do still think that because there can be times where one partner is tired. Yeah. And the other partner is still trying to enjoy themselves. Yeah. I do think you should create an environment in which your partner should feel free to let you know, like, I'm tired. Yeah. And I just need a break. And that or just be like I need you to finish yourself or sometimes like I think guys kind of assume that um I don't know I'm just being honest I don't mm-hmm. see myself being in a position where I'm like all right I'm tired finish yourself um but I do see myself being like all right you can hurry up now <laughs> I think, or, like, yeah, jump into a position where I know it will make my partner finish quickly. So, the reason why I'm... Okay, well, I guess that's a way to put yeah. it. But what if, like... But I do think it is within your right to be like, all right, can you... um? I don't know. Yeah, I just, just know that if like that was said to me, I would feel away. Really? Yeah, I would I feel away. I'd be like, I would huh? not. I'm not gonna lie. I would not because I would much. And let me tell you what. I would much rather. First of all, I think what finishing yourself means different things for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I follow like actually this really good page on Instagram that I'm gonna give like a shout out to because I think it deserves they call it the sexual intellectual Mm -hmm. and I remember one of the post conversations was about how like people associate orgasms with coming but especially I mean even for like men and women they're actually not the same Mm -hmm. and so understanding like my female anatomy and the idea that I can come without orgasming like so I think I more so consider the finish yourself off as like the orgasm. Oh, okay. And so like I would not be mad if my partner was like, I kinda need you to like reach yeah. your own orgasm with yourself. Yeah, I'm sorry. I would still be mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> um I do agree that you can enjoy sex without orgasming. And you know, sometimes like I I'll have I know that I can have sex, enjoy myself, and not necessarily reach an orgasm and be okay with it. But if I haven't, like, met a point in my pleasure where I'm happy with that experience, but mm-hmm. my partner would, like, was like, okay, well, I finished it. Like, but there's a difference. Like, I would no, 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 no. Mad. There is a difference between what I finished, you got this, and I'm tired. 
I was I specifically said I'm tired, like I'm exhausted. I'm t- because I'm not going to lie to you. I have been in a sexual encounter where I was like, I am t- like I'm tired. I feel my own heart racing. My I now feel like this is a workout session, and although sex is a workout, I don't ever want to feel like I'm working. I was like, I'm tired. I so can you please? <laughs> like, I'm I mean, I did yet. say what you say about like, if you are trying to get yours, can you speak this up? Oh yeah. But I also feel like there were only one or two options. You're going to speak this up or unfortunately you are going to have to finish yourself off. Now, if, if someone I'm saying if I was on you, the flip side, even if the person was like, I'm tired, if I haven't, I mean, I'm still going to listen to what they say. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to feel a way if I haven't fully. <laughs> I didn't see this the same. <laughs> even if it's not, even if the goal for me is an orgasm, if it's just like fully enjoying that situation, if I haven't met that goal, I'm going to feel a way. I am. I'm sorry. Even if they're tired. I'm sorry to let oh, me. See, see, see. I hope I don't sound crazy. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, I'm, I really, I'm going to feel away. Have you ever felt tired during sex? Oh, I have. No, 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 no. I mean, like, tired. Yeah. Like, to the point that I'm like, I'm ready for this to be over. Yeah. Okay. And I. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna lie. The one time that I, the time that I felt tired, I had not had sex in like a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was jumping back on the horse, and after a certain time, I was like, because I think also, I think also at the point that I had said something, I had already been trying to tough it out. Oh, like, gotcha. Who we gonna see? And then finally, I just reached a point where I, I was like. I mean, I also, I also could like change things or like be in a position that. But I think that takes no person or yeah. So and, or like, if you don't know your partner, what, what knowing myself advice? internally to like try and get myself to finish quicker, like you know. But I'm saying on the side of your partner, like if you don't oh. know your partner. What what would you do? What like do you if mean? you don't sexually know your partner that well, but you are tired. Cause I think you gave a great suggestion earlier of like, if I'm tired, then I can get in positions that I know will help my partner reach their orgasm faster. Oh. But what if you do not sexually know your partner? So what I was trying to say is then I could get into a position that wouldn't require as much work. For my partner, or like, wouldn't be as tiring for my partner. No, I'm talking about for you. Yeah, talking about for you. No, I know if my partner's tired. No, no, no. I'm talking about if you're tired. Oh, if I'm tired, tired. and I don't know, because I mean, I don't think there's really much that your partner can do besides just not tell you you have to finish yourself off. We've established that, (laughs) and I'm I'm like not not judging honestly, because that's. That's a real thing of like, yeah. if that would make you feel the way you have it right, tell them like, that would make me feel the way. And, you know, and if that is how the person feels like they have the full right to stop and disengage when they all are tired and I'm just going to have to deal with feeling away because that's, that's mm. their full right to mm. do that. Um, 
I don't know what I do, tense work. <laughs> but uh, if you if you don't know your partner, then just I don't know, like ask them. Just say that you're tired, and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, in my experience, if a person wants to fit, if a male wants to finish quickly, he can. Okay. But that's not always true. The case, yeah. Okay. Okay. But you know, and even ask the person if they know if they know a certain position will have them finish quicker. Ask them what that position is. Or ask them where their spot is or what they're into and maybe like stimulation of that in addition to what you're doing. This like, sounds like a lot of I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like these sound like probably a lot of questions that should be asked before sex. Because yeah. Yeah. In a, in the moment I'm not asking all them questions. Yeah, that's true. I'm that's true. I, I'm I, I'm not First of all, because I'm tired, so I'm out of breath. I can't be like, can you tell me? Please. Like, I'm, Not I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Sex is exhausting, and I don't think people always acknowledge that. It can be exhausting. I said what I said. It can be exhausting. Honestly, truthfully. I'm not saying it is all the time, and I feel like if I had looked at a clock and been conscious of the time, that probably was like a longer sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. But I was tired. Child. I will say certain positions, in my opinion, get exhausting. But in general, um, it depends. Yeah, Mm-mm. my body was like, "Sis, we ain't the same." Well, your girl be doing her cardio, okay? So see, and I don't exercise. I don't go to the gym regularly. Oh, okay. And like I said, like it had been a minute. Do your cardio. Anyway, so I Prep. was just like. Stay ready so Honestly, you don't have to wait. Get ready. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> I just wasn't ready. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, in my next, like, whatever the next sexual encounter would, I probably wouldn't really be ready for lengthy sex either. My cardio levels are low. Okay. Okay. Maybe I should start going to the gym. Yes. Whew, I'm already exhausted Stay just thinking about ready. it. I'm Stay tired. ready. I'm already Stay tired. Ready. I'm tired just thinking about it. Stay ready. Oh, well. Well, I mean, I think, like, that was the last one. Uh, Unless you had anything else to say about, like, how long sex should last. I, I don't think there's any really long time. I tried to... I feel like yeah. once upon a time, I had come across, like, how long the average sexual encounter was. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is really just kind of, like listening to your partner, listening to your own body in case you the person is tired. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is extremely selfish to just basically try to have sex to only get yours. Yeah. That's selfish. Yeah. And that will only get you sex once. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just going to take note of that. Mm-hmm. So don't be out here like that. also can get you cussed out. Ooh. Oh, my bad. Okay, well... I don't think I would cut you out because I would just be in shock nah, and disgusted. I, nah, I would be mad. <laughs> but I would be like the type of mad of just like shocked, disgusted, and speechless because we're too old. We're too, we're too old for people really to be out here just like, oh, I got mine. Like, excuse me? So to round out this sex, sex, and more sex conversation, part one and part two. Um, we just had two last questions that didn't really fit into like segment types. So we're just kind of going to address them really quickly and then that'll be the end. 
All right, so question number one. I'm actually going to like flip them, mm-hmm. the order that we have, because I think question number one on here will take a little more time. Mm-hmm. So question number one that we'll address is how do you feel about these definitions? Two girls and one guy equals a threesome. Two guys and one girl equals a train. So I'm going to say this first of all. <laughs> Y'all need to stop assigning definitions because you think it would hint towards your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Because I found that like that's what a lot a lot of people try to like switch stuff up because they be like, oh, but then that insinuates something about my sex. It really doesn't. And quite frankly, if somebody wants to make an insinuation about your sexuality, they're gonna do it regardless of what mm-hmm. you tell them. So with that being said. This ain't how this work. Mm-hmm. A threesome is a threesome. Are three consenting persons mm-hmm. within the same sexual encounter. So that could be two girls and one guy all having sex with each other. Two guys, one girl, all having sex with each other. Now, when I say all having sex with each other, what I'm saying is like all three of you are actively participating in that sexual encounter. At the same time, I don't necessarily think that means that you guys are all sexually engaged with each other Mm -hmm. at the same time. But I do think that it takes three partners Mm -hmm. in one sexual encounter with at least two of those partners interacting with one partner at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like if that makes sense. And whether or not those other whether or not those two partners Interact. are interacting with each other is up to y'all. But if it's three of y'all at the same time, all engaging in one sexual encounter, that is a threesome. Mm-hmm. So we discovered the term, what, like, what was the term you told me? Eiffel Towering? <laughs> Based off that scandal episode. Which I'm going to let y'all urban dictionary that y'all sells. But even that, to me, is still, like, that's still what qualifies a threesome. After that scandal episode, Googling of that term peaked. I believe you. I just don't remember hearing it. I do remember the episode where she was Where the cousin's daughter had that sex Yeah, where she was out here um, being exposed Mm -hmm. to the American public for her sexual encounter Mm -hmm. but i do not remember specifically hearing that term but neither here nor there Mm -hmm. the point is that i would still consider that a threesome Mm -hmm. although those two parties are not sexually engaged with each other Mm -hmm. that's just more of kind of like i'm holding on bro this could be (laughs) a cool picture or i got your back girl cool picture you know what i'm saying not a cool picture so yeah um, but y'all over here taking pictures from memory. I, listen, <laughs> listen. There is I'm something not, I'm not judging that I have heard recently yeah. that I can I what completely happened? subscribe to. I will no longer be judging consenting adults. Oh yeah, for what they choose to do. Yeah, in the comfort of their bedroom. Yeah, very true. Do what y'all do. Mm-hmm. Make it do what it do. That's very true. Now, sometimes that do be extenuating circumstances. That I'm not judging, like, the sex itself. I'm judging what made the sex. Not judging, but I am going to look at you sideways for the 
which I guess looking at somebody sideways is kind of technically a form of judgment. Yeah. Just like two consenting adults with y'all knowing one of them. Y'all both knowing one of them is in a relationship. Oh, I okay, am going to look at y'all sideways. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I, there are some, like, asterisks to that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Where, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still not going to say nothing to you because you ain't my man. Yeah. So, y'all work that out. But I will be like, mm, mm, yeah. That's why I was like, let me just throw that out there because I can acknowledge I have some asterisks to it. But yeah. for the most part, like, what y'all decide to do is what y'all decide to do. But what y'all decide to do, but like I said earlier, what y'all cannot keep doing is switching up definitions mm-hmm. because you think then that implies something about you sexually. And having one definition apply for men and one definition apply for women. Exactly. So that would be what I consider a threesome. And you know what? I'm. I'm going to see if I'm right. Yeah. So if you literally Google the definition of threesome, which I don't subscribe to just using definitions as a form of argument, but I just wanted to see if my definition of a threesome was the same to the Google version. And it is, it is a group of three people engaged in the same activity. Mm -hmm. So boom, if y'all are all having sex with each other at the same time, because think of it that way. of like, a orgy is not the entire room of people necessarily all engaging in sex with each other. Yeah. It is just a large group of people having sex at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that is a threesome, whether it's two guys, one girl, two girls, one guy. Mm-hmm. A train, whether it be two girls, one guy, two guys, one girl, is literally one, two people finish the sexual encounter, one leaves. The next one comes in after, like literally after that sexual encounter, and there is another one. Mm-hmm. But it's only two people at the two people at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for just to really kind of, you know, I don't know. I literally think of train as a train passing through a tunnel. Like mm-hmm. one car passes at a time, but they do pass one behind the other. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's literally all it has ever meant to me. So that would be my definition. And that, to me, still applies to whether it be two girls, one guy, or two guys and one girl. Like, it literally just describes the fact that two of y'all had sex with each other, one of y'all got up and walked out, and then another person walks in and had sex with that same person. And Mm -hmm. then got up and walked out. And then if there was another person, do what it do. Make it do what it do. Um, But yeah, like, that's what I... That's my definition. And that's how I think those definitions work. Yeah, I agree with those differences in definitions. Um, I think in the past, I've just been... Oh, y'all, it's past any bedtime. Yeah, I'm old, okay? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I've, like, ever used the term. I mean, if someone is describing an experience... Um, I don't think that I've ever described sex mm. in those terms. Yeah, but I think I've never really, I think I've like talked about threesomes in theory, but mm-hmm. never like talked about trains in theory. But I think that also like, I haven't really used those terms because or the term train because of, like, the negative connotation that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I've, like, 
Yeah, I've never used it because of the negative connotation. Because in my experience of people mm-hmm. using that term, it's been used in like a very like it's being used to slut shame someone. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, but if we're, but I'm still trying to be like intentional of not letting those sort of pasts. Like slut shaming sort of experiences mm-hmm. and conversations, or not letting those things limit the use of terms like moving forward. So if you remove any sort of judgment from it, I I definitely I agree with the way you distinguish the two. Yeah. But at baseline, like I don't think a sexual encounter with two girls and one guy should be labeled as anything. Um, should be labeled differently from a sexual encounter with two with two guys and one girl. Yeah, like this yeah. whole at two baseline, girls, one just, guy equals yeah, threesome no. versus two guys one girl. Like just no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't care how you try to like self justify. Yeah. It is is there's no real difference between this if all these people are having sex at the yeah. same time. It's a threesome. Yeah. And so yeah, that's how I would Yeah. That's how it is for me. Yeah. I'll say. Well, that was pretty quick. So then the last um the last question we got, which kind of like deals with sex as well as just like relationships in general, mm-hmm. um, was does girl code ever expire? Like, what if my friend's ex is my future husband? Mm-hmm. So this question is really nuanced for me. One, I think if we're just talking in terms of, like, sex, I think that's a conversation. So I... Let me let me actually just completely start over. I think there should be a... Um, distinction made between girl code and friend code Mm -hmm. because there are some things that people consider like girl code that I just personally don't think I owe a random woman I don't know Mm -hmm. that type of loyalty Mm -hmm. like realistically if I have a co-worker we work in the same building and I know you slept with Jim I don't think it's inappropriate of me to then turn around and sleep with him unless I you can I think you can be disrespectful. I don't owe you any and try loyalty. To, yeah, like I don't owe you any loyalty, but I also wouldn't be out here like prancing whatever we did in your face. Now I do think that's disrespectful and does I'm gonna have to give you the common courtesy of respect. Yeah, but, like but I don't owe, I don't you, owe you that loyalty. And I think sometimes people use that to say like you would owe that woman that loyalty and I don't know yeah, her no. to owe her that. Yeah. And I also would not expect that from her in return. Yeah. I do think that is very fair to be stated. I don't think you could be making girl code rules that you like just because um you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. Or not just because just because you wouldn't follow it, but you would expect it, like you can't consider that a girl code rule. Because mm-hmm. If you're not going to follow it, then you should not expect that of someone in return. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works for me. So instead of using like girl code, um, I'm more so going to say friend code because we the follow up question specifically was like, what if my friend's ex is my future husband? So mm-hmm. I'm going to follow friend code. 
on a friend call level, I think that's a conversation you really kind of have to have with your friend. Mm-hmm. If it was just a sexual partner or somebody they lightly dated or talked to, or even if it was just like a really brief relationship that they figured out really quickly wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a conversation that's kind of should be worn, should be had with your friend up front before like you ever enter that situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to have conversations with your friends of like, boundaries that will be set within this friendship should a situation like this ever pop up Mm -hmm. so with that being said if this was like a light sex partner or like a light sex what is a light sex partner if this was just a (laughs) sexual partner or just (laughs) okay so if this was a light sexual partner definitely if it was a light sexual partner then then like if it was someone that you didn't really care about. Someone that you didn't really care about. Because I do think that's a good point to be made. Because yeah. you could be in a year-long relationship with a person and not really care about them. Yeah. And stayed in it for whatever reason. Um, so if it was somebody that you didn't really care about, for me, if it's somebody I really don't care about, personally, I'm not going to stop you mm-hmm. from pursuing that relationship. Um like do you honestly? Because it might not have worked out for me, but it might work out for y'all. Mm-hmm. And y'all might be beautiful together Mm -hmm. and so go for it and i think when i was younger i definitely used to more so be like if i dated him i talked to him i liked him he's off limits and that's childish honestly Mm -hmm. like from my 26 year old lens that was childish Mm -hmm. and i think that worked when i was younger younger and in high school when Mm -hmm. i had that belief but i definitely think as i've grown older that belief has evolved to what i'm saying now like if i don't really care about you like that then it it doesn't matter because I don't think it's fair. Like you said, that might be your husband. Mm -hmm. So go for it. And, you know, if it is your husband, great. And if it's not your husband, I'm not even going to lie. We might get a few jokes out of it, but we're not about to be sitting here cracking on this man either. Sydney said, I am. <laughs> light him up, sis. Light him up. I mean, like, I think there are definitely some fundamental jokes you probably can get from it. Yeah. But I just, in general, don't like when people turn around and completely bash yeah, that's true. That's someone they fair. were in a relationship with. Because I'm like, but you was dating him for how long? That's true. That's so, not fair. So, yeah. Like, that's what I mean by that. Now, I do think it becomes more nuanced when feelings are involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, like, real feelings are involved. Um, To me, for me, I will say this way. For me, I think when my friends reach a certain point in their relationships with their um, boyfriends, or their partners, it just automatically kind of essentially like shuts down. It puts them in a different category. It puts them in a, that's exactly what I was trying to say. It just automatically puts you in the untouchable category mm-hmm. for me. And because I've already mentally put you there in honor of the friendship that I have with my friend, even if y'all's relationship ends on the best of terms ends on the worst of terms ends mutually however it ends you will always be in that box for me we can be friends we can be cool down the line you know depending on how your relationship ends but i would not develop that type of close relationship with you i'm definitely not gonna try to pursue you romantically Mm -hmm. because i've just mentally put you in that category like well 
you're like off limits. Like that's just not for me. And even if we were to fall out for whatever reason, whether it be like this dramatic fallout or just like the friendship kind of fizzled, you enter different phases in life. I think I still would honor that um, category that I put you in while we were friends because I also believe that if you were genuinely friends with a person and y'all were true friends, you will honor those boundaries that were set during your friendship outside of that friendship. Sorry, just to clarify. So if you fell out with a close friend, then you would still keep their ex in that untouchable yeah, category. Yeah, I would still keep mm-hmm. you in that untouchable category because to me, like, yeah, the friendship didn't work out, but if we were if we were genuinely friends and I considered you, I truly considered you a friend, it didn't even have to be like a good friend, I will still honor the things that happened within that friendship and the boundaries that were set within that friendship. Mm-hmm. Because th- to me, that is just what true, genuine friends do. Mm-hmm. Even if you are no longer still actively friends, friends. Mm-hmm. you still honor those boundaries. You honor whatever like lines, boxes, categories people were put in mm-hmm. during that friendship. That's just me. Within, within reason, like, because I noticed I just said whatever categories people are put in. If your friends out here ask you to not be friends with people, that's just a different topic. Yeah, that, that is we a can, very different topic. That's just different. Um, yeah, I... So, when we first got that question of does girl code expire, um, I think you made a good point of distinguishing like girl code from friend code. Mm-hmm. And just trying to thinking like different loyalties that you might have for your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like I wouldn't want to like block anyone's blessings. Mm-hmm. So, just depending on how I feel about the situation with this, with like my ex, and it would have to be an ex, not just somebody I was talking to, like yeah, not just somebody I had sex with, not just somebody where there was some interest, like actual like emotional. I, like, I actually had an emo- emotional investment in this person. Because mm-hmm. everything else, I honestly would not care. Yeah. I um, agree Where if it was someone that I was emotionally invested in, like, I would want for my friend, like, I w- wouldn't consider someone a friend if they actively pursued someone that I was once emotionally invested with. I agree with that as well. Um, but, you know, if... By happenstance, like they think that they really they're really compatible, or they happen to like click or whatever. Um, yeah, I would just want for that to be communicated with me. Uh, yeah, and I don't believe in blocking people's blessings, so I would kind of just have to take that. It would be really difficult for me to get through, and it would probably be like a little hiccup in our friendship. Or honestly, like if I had my person who I knew I was with and was fully satisfied and stuff, I also maybe probably wouldn't even care. Because if it were someone I was emotionally invested in 10 years ago, for me, mm-hmm. and this is just me, if it was someone I was emotionally invested in 10 years ago, yeah, I might not care. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't like, I, well, first of all, let me just say this. Uh, there is a particular ex that yeah. I have explicitly stated to my friends I don't think I would be able to accept that relationship if any of them were to run across this man down the line and um, they just happened to click. And I know I can acknowledge that that might sound like crazy or it might. 
I really don't know or it's care how it comes boundary. off, but that is like yeah. just an express boundary that I have. And I mean, like I've literally expressed this boundary to people that didn't even know this man when we was yeah. dating, still don't know this man to this day. But I do think that if I had, and it would more so be like a good friend that I have talked to about this man, i I would have a really hard time accepting that relationship. And I don't think it realistically would not have an impact on our friendship. And so with that, like, that's just me being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I with me letting you know that information, if you still decide to pursue that relationship, like, down the line, because at this point, nobody could actively pursue him. Because realistically, a lot of y'all don't know him. Mm-hmm. But if that ends up being a relationship that you found yourself in or actively pursued down the line. Um, It's not that I would like hate you for it or hold you or feel like a certain type of way about you as a person. I just know that genuinely, I don't think I would be able to one, you're a good friend. So I wouldn't be able to talk to you about that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that I would be able to genuinely say, like, I'm happy for my friend. And I think part of that, if I'm really talking it out, would be because, like, I only know him to be this way in a relationship because that's what he was for me. Mm-hmm. So that would bring up, like, emotions that I think I've dealt with, but it's still, it's, it's just still, like, a ugh. It's mm-hmm. a ugh soft spot moment at times i definitely think like if i'm probably like in my 30s well i'll reevaluate how i feel Mm -hmm. because i think i might feel completely different in a few years but right now even being removed from that situation nah i i would not be able to say that it would not have an impact on my friendship Mm -hmm. with my friends however i also think i would feel that way because at the point that i'm at in my life right now i have also like you said clearly expressed that as a boundary Mm -hmm. so to me it's not even just about you like it's not even just about like oh i happen to find this person it then becomes a thing of like disrespecting disrespecting a boundary that i clearly said Mm -hmm. so then that would be like another problem Mm -hmm. that i would have but yeah, I'll reevaluate and see how I feel about that, you know, year to year. Because you never know, next year I might be like, mm, I guess I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But where I'm at right now, the space I'm in, and we're not even in a bad space anymore. Like yeah. we were able to like reconnect a few years later and like really talk through it and yada yada yada. I just still, it, to me, he is still off limits to all my friends, mm-hmm. and that's because there was a lot of emotional investment mm-hmm. that I put into that man. So, but once again, I think the biggest thing is really kind of figuring out between your, for your, from your friend, mm-hmm. because I do think people's expectations of what should be off limits or even like sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. People have different yeah. expectations. Different expectations of like, if their friend has sex with this man and then they come across them, like people just have different expectations and like my mother always tells me you cannot assume that people think like you because everybody does not think the way you think Mm -hmm. and so with that being kept in mind when answering this question what i would say is it we can answer it but really we can only answer it for us for us so it's still a conversation that you need to have with your Your friends. friends and say like 
they might think you're crazy of like, oh, like, ha ha, this is a hypothetical that might never happen. You're absolutely right. It might not, might never happen. But on the 1% chance that it does happen, I need to know how you feel and what boundaries you're setting within this friendship. And quite frankly, if it's a boundary that you don't think you could follow as a friend or a boundary that you don't agree with as a friend that yeah, might reevaluate that you friendship. might have to reevaluate that relationship and think like i wouldn't require this of you i don't know that i can you know gel with you requiring me with requiring that of me and that's fair of you but it's still a conversation that should be had yeah because the only way you'll really know how a certain person feels about this is if you ask that person yeah and then once you ask that person and you have that information, I always say, ultimately, we all got choices in life. Mm-hmm. And you can still choose to pursue that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think you just have to be aware of the consequences of that. And be ready to deal with those consequences that you might lose a friend. Yeah. And in the event that it was your husband and you're kind of like, well, you I lost a friend, a but I gained my off. husband. That might be worthwhile to you. That's something personally that's not that worthwhile to me. Like, I don't... The people that I'm thinking of that I would not cross that with, it would never be worth gaining a husband. Like, yeah. ever. So, um, yeah, I just think that's a conversation that you really kind of ha- got to have with your girlfriends. And you should make the distinctions between, like, somebody you just had sex with, mm-hmm. somebody you was just casually dating, somebody... Cause like we said, like those are those qualifications and how people categorize people in their minds. Because I know that very some individual um, have issue with their friends talking to or showing interest in someone that they used to talk to, yeah. even if they didn't have any emotional attachment. Attachment to it, yeah. And and like I was saying, like I know some people that would be like, I think it's weird for me and my friend to have had sex with the same person. Mm -hmm. And so to them, that's kind of like a friendship boundary they would prefer not to cross. Mm -hmm. And I do also think it is important to see if it's a preference they would have versus it's a hard boundary boundary and a hard like, no, don't do that. Because that's also another point. Like there are a lot of things that I would prefer, but just because it happened doesn't mean that it's, gonna make me it's look at you any different or, for or yeah make mm-hmm. me feel any type of way about you as a friend so i would just kind of be like all right well okay i mean go yeah. for it i don't know i think that um so we have had this conversation in the mm-hmm. past and i really enjoyed the way that we had the conversation where i think we had a wine night yeah you know alcohol doesn't necessarily have to be involved but mm-hmm. wine makes things fun it does. <laughs> Um, and we were just having, it was based off of this game. Was it mentally stimulate? Yeah. Mentally stimulate me. And it's just like you, they're cards with questions that have multiple choice answers and using the questions and people's answers. It's supposed to stimulate just a general conversation about that, the topic on the card. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's how we came up. Like, that's how it came up. Mm -hmm. And so Based off of that game, I think we were just looking up different questions or thinking of different questions. Mm-hmm. And then this question of, um, is it okay to date a friend's ex came up. And then we kind of went around and shared our views on it. And then with that, we were able to see like, okay, well, of our friends, where are people's boundaries? Yeah. What would my friend be comfortable with? Like, if I find myself in this scenario how can I act preemptively so that I don't put my friendship in jeopardy? Mm -hmm. And I just think that that is a really fun way to um, 
communicate and establish those boundaries and also see how your friend's minds work because you may think that your friend will take one um, position and they might surprise you and take the exact opposite Mm -hmm. position Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely agree with that you just you just never really know how a person feels about a situation unless you ask them Mm -hmm. so you know although Sydney and I have told y'all what would rock for us within our friendships your friend yeah it might it really might not rock for your friend and you might have a friend that's like Everybody off limits. Yeah. And you have to decide if you okay with that. that type of person. And you're that type mm-hmm. of person. So really just have the conversation with, with your friend to see how they would feel about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's Sydney's third yawn. I think that's like our key. You have to bring so much attention Plus. To you have to bring all that attention <laughs> to it. Plus, in all seriousness, that was the end of our... That was the end of it anyway. That was Uh the last question we had and the last thing we wanted to address. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope you guys really enjoyed this talk. I know this was a little more lengthy. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it got a little more all-encompassing than even we were expecting. Mm -hmm. But we definitely hope you enjoyed it. Like we said at the beginning, if you do have any questions that are pressing and you want us to answer it won't be necessarily an episode dedicated to answering the questions but we'll definitely look to see how we can incorporate them into future episodes so just email them to us at after 25 podcast at gmail.com once again that's after 25 podcast at gmail.com you can send us questions you have about sex or just any questions you have in general or even topic suggestions Mm -hmm. we definitely love the feedback so with that We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.